You're listening to Coco's Tea with I Am The Real Coco. Stuck in traffic Boss got you tweaking Bending over backwards Ay, You in school Trying to get by Ay, Life make you wanna Say fuck the class Trust me I feel You're stressing Baby ain't nothing real Don't lose the madness Just relax While Coco get it cracking From ATL out to California Don't trip Go take a moment Just listen to Coco She keep the speakers blasting Coco be going Coco and I'm back for another episode of Coco's Tea episode 21 this is the South by Southwest edition and I have DJ New Era in the building what's going on with you Coco nothing much so I was really glad to hear you or or I was glad to hear from you that you wanted to get on the podcast while you were in town for the festival it's good to connect with my fellow Birmingham people yeah I had to come out here man and reach out and show love when I found out you was his way I was like damn I might as well go ahead and fuck with you man yeah no it, it worked out well perfect perfect so um this is for all the listeners to have an opportunity to get to know who DJ New Era is and also understand a little bit about who you are as a person and your brand. So I asked you this earlier and you said that you didn't know, but you said you don't remember how we met. No, I do not remember how we met. <laughs> so please enlighten me. I feel like I'm going to be putting myself on the spot. So, okay, I think I was in high school still at the time. I think I was. What year was this? What year? Maybe 2010. I want to say it was like right right before or after I graduated. Some, okay. 2009, 2010. I was just not getting out of college then. I was just okay. not getting out. Okay. I was just getting out of high school. So, and your brother, Randall, uh-huh. goes to, or went to school with me. He was a year below me. Okay. And um, I think maybe he was promoting you on his Facebook page. Probably like he so. He posted a picture of you or something. And I was like, oh, he's cute. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, Randall, like, who is this guy? And he was like, oh, that's my brother. I said, oh, word, put me on. Yeah, yeah. You said that to him? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. I know. Like, I'm, I'm wow. kind of, I'm not proud of that. <laughs> at, least, at least you was open about it, though, right? About was, what? About trying to get on, trying to get the hookup. Well, I was just like, I don't even remember. I mean, because that, that was so long ago. But I just remember being like, oh, he's cute. I want to talk to him. And then I think we started messaging each other on Facebook, but like it never went anywhere. Nah, I don't so, think it did go anywhere. Uh uh-uh, uh, no. But then, so I remember, but I do remember us talking about you wanting to be a DJ. Right. And, um, you know, no offense to you, but everybody in, Bur- well, not everybody, but a lot of people in Birmingham are like, oh, I want to be a rapper, or I want to be a model, or I want to be a DJ. Blah, blah, blah. So I was yeah. like, okay, he's another one of those. Cause I think I is that really how you felt? Yes. Wow. I'm being real with you. Okay. I think because I had just, um, I was 
I think within like a year or two of me talking to you, I was talking to another guy who also was like a DJ. So, um, I don't know. I just kind of felt like everybody was trying to be in entertainment of some sort. And I was just like, okay, so he's another one of those. But I remember just like a couple of years later, like I started seeing you like out and about in the city and on club flyers and at 95.7 jams uh-huh. and all this kind of yeah. stuff. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Working, working my ass off. Yes. So um, I'm I'm really really proud of, to see your hustle and see your 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 glow up. Right. Seeing you, you. doing what you what you got to do out here thank to be you, successful. Thank you. Right. So let's talk about your um your name DJ New Era. Where did, okay. where did that name come from? The name uh, I used to wear a lot of hats. Well, at first my name was DJ Fitted Cap. You know that's like the brand of the actual New Era hat. They call it a fitted cap. And that's your website name. That's my too. website name, okay. www.fittycaplow.com. So I did my first party, and uh, it was a uh, shout out to the Sigmas at AM. They gave me my first ever at party. At Alabama AM. Right. My first ever party. So they was like, What's your DJ name for the flyer? And I was like, DJ Fitted Cap. And it was like, Nigga, that's whack. And I was like, What you want to call myself? And he was like, Bruh, say New Era. I was like, All right, bet New Era. So. That's you what stuck with it. I stuck with it because it was catchy. And at the time, I own I own like over close to about 200 hats, new air hats. Before That's crazy. They, before they came out with the snapbacks, I was wearing like just new air fitted caps. Okay. And my idol, uh, DJ Drama, that's all he wear in his head is hats. He does hats. wear a lot of hats. That's all he wears. Because so he, he kind of has like a funny shaped head. Exactly. <laughs> he needs it. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. So... He kind of inspired me to, to be the DJ to just wear the hats, but the name actually originated from wearing a lot of hats. Mm-hmm. So I took the name and just ran with it, and my whole brand, you know, Fitted Cap Low, uh, is all trademarked. I own it. I own my name. You know, I pay my taxes through everything. So I That's own dope. everything. So, yeah. so you started DJ because you went to University of Alabama at Huntsville. Uh-huh. And Alabama A&M, I'm assuming, is, is not too far. It's about 10 minutes down the road. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was even that close. Yeah, close I've only close. been to Huntsville like two times in my entire life. Isn't that you crazy? You got to go back. You got to go back. For what? And I'm turning it up, man. We got some new club scenes up there from what I heard. I'm not in college anymore. Hey. You do this right. We do. We we, we on your podcast, right? Yeah. Right? Network. They bring a lot of artists through the city. A I'm lot sure. Of I'm sure. And I know a lot of artists I can network you with up that way. That's looking for opportunities like this. Yeah. So, well, so there's some students at Alabama A and M who want to link up with me, book me for hostings, or get on the podcast. Y'all definitely can can hit me up. But no, I just never really had any reasons to be in Huntsville, so I just never went. So you started DJing in the area, um, I guess, while you were still a student at UAH? Yeah, I was still a student, and I was a sophomore at the time, but I was just selling CDs my sophomore year. I actually started DJing my junior year, and that's when I actually started living on my own. I got off a of college campus. I had a job at McDonald's, and I was like, man, F this job. I want to DJ, because when they paid me, I was like, damn, $400 for a four-hour party? And I was like, hey, you know, I'm a DJ now. Right. So, you know, I didn't even have a full <laughs> setup. All I had was a Windows Media Player. So when I did the party, I had a... Damn, not exact, Windows Media Player. Man, dude, you know, it wasn't no transition. It was just a... a, a, a stop like, and play. Yeah, a stop and play, like a, a six-second <laughs> six pause, and then the next song would come right in. So it was like everybody be turning up then. Pause. 
And they look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, hey, I'm just switching songs. But I had that's over. That's how you had to do it. Yeah, that's how I had to do it. I made ends meet. And so I took out a loan my, my junior year. I took out a loan from Compass Bank, a $1,500 loan. I bought my first actual turntable set up. I didn't know how to do DJ worth a damn on that. So uh, I shadowed a DJ by the name of DJ Dre Smooth, who, who actually goes to a and So I would literally follow him around to like every gig during the week and just help him set up. And he teach me how to set it up. He teaching me how to actually work tractor that before I started using Serato. He basically gave me the whole game, like, for yeah. free. Because most DJs won't do that. They'll charge you for that. Yeah. So shout out to DJ Dre Smooth, man. That's one of the DJs that actually that actually really helped me out as far as my name go and learning how to do things. So who inspired you to get into the game? Uh, I would have to say DJ Drama really inspired me. You know, from listening to his college stories up at uh, Clark University, him and our DJ. Oh, he went to Clark Atlanta? Yeah, he went to Clark Atlanta. I, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, he started there and he started doing mixtapes. That's what I started doing my junior year. I started doing mixtapes first. And I came with my own series and I would go up to AM, Oakwood. You know, my college was, UH was mixed, but you had more whites than more blacks. Of course. So it was kind of bougie. So, like, the black kids were a little bougie. Wait, wait, wait. Why was it bougie just because there was white kids there? Man, kid you not. Like, People knew I was a DJ. Right. So when student activities are have some, they knew me from DJing, you know, from from messing with the other white fraternities. Uh, shout out to the Pikes up there because the Pikes let me DJ their first Togo party. And they spread my name to SGA. And it's like they would still go get these DJs that nobody ever heard of instead of actually building somebody up right there on your own campus. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, you know, hell with y'all, you know, went over to A&M and Shout out to the Deltas. Big shout out to the SGU. I mean, because they're always having parties at HBCUs. Man, they like man. nonstop. Yes, I mean, yes. that's how it was at Skegee. Tuskegee is in the middle of nowhere, Alabama. Right, right. And there are probably five to six DJs who are constantly being used in the city. Like, mm-hmm. wh- how that is, is it? true. That is true. Like, but I mean, HBCUs throw parties like all the time. <laughs> it, it, it made it possible for the true DJs, the DJs that, that, I came up with because the DJs now, man, they just they coming out of everywhere now, and you know we can't the the real DJs can't compete with the DJs that charge a hundred dollars, a hundred and twenty five dollars. Like everybody want to be a DJ now. So when I started, I started off high because when you demand a high price, that's when you gain your respect. Because when you start off low, they be like, well, shit, we can always get into air of about one fifty. Right. And when somebody come in and say, well. You know, I charge four hundred. Well, we can get new air at one fifty. So, shout out to all the DJs that's still charging five hundred and higher when you do a college party because college kids got money. Yeah, Greeks have money. Yep, literally. And yep. The Sigmas and shout out to the bros because I did a couple of the who bars, the bros. The they kids. don't know who you are. <laughs> shout out to new. Uh, shout out to any the chapter at Alabama and them. They show love, man. I actually did a party. I forgot the name of that. Uh, of, the, of that. Hotel, not hotel, but apartment complex I did. I literally set up outside on the deck and had my speakers shouting out into the parkway, like where, where the cars are parked at. And it was over like Promoting and getting people, like drawing people into yeah. the party. And it was like 200-some people out there. Like the alphas were out there. Uh, the, the cappers were out there. It, it, was, it was stupid. So was let's stupid. talk about like the climate. And so when you started DJing, I'm guesstimating 2007, maybe. 2007, 2008, yeah. 2007, 2008, you started mm-hmm. then. So that was almost a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, 
around that time, a lot of people, I think in our age group, were starting to utilize social media. And now here we are 10 years later, like, you're an outcast if you don't have any kind of social media platform. So what is the, the the difference in the climate of being a DJ 10 years ago and today? Well, back then, the way the way you had to promote yourself was business cards and mixtapes because you didn't have – you had Facebook. So how were mixtapes being distributed then? Were they still on CDs? Yeah, I still like – hell, I got a pack of them right I got my album right here. Like I literally dropped an album on iTunes, but I still do CDs by hand. Mm-hmm. Because when people see that you got you you know how to DJ, and when they see that you got you know some some CDs to pass out of what you just played, oh man, it's like a gold mine. But now you got mixtape sites, you got people are listening to CDs still. Well, yeah, yeah, and no, but I know I mean because I, I can see how it works. Like I mean, being from Alabama, and if you going through the hood and you passing out CDs. I can see people in the hood playing them because their resources may be limited. But I would say maybe the average person, I mean, if you have an iPhone and and your music's on iTunes, all you have to do is pull your phone out. Pull your phone out, auxiliary cord, and boom, there you go. Right. There's nothing like the old school grind because that's that's what makes you appreciate getting to where you are now. That's what makes you appreciate where you are now. Uh Nothing's wrong with, you know, putting it on the sites and stuff, but, you know, I'm more, I'm, I'm old school. So if I drop a mixtape on live mixtapes, I may get over like 50,000, 60,000 views online, but I'm going to take my money and press up probably 500 copies. And wherever I'm at or wherever I go do my job, I'm, I'm going to be passing something out by hand because that's the best of both worlds. And those are free copies? Yeah, I don't sell it. Yeah. Okay. I don't sell it. It's free. CDs are free, but... And so what's happening now? What What are these... Like when you look at DJs or people who call themselves DJs today who maybe only been doing it for, let's just say, two years... What's different between then and now? Ooh, man. Right now, the the way DJs actually DJ is different now. Back then, you had DJs that didn't have controllers. You actually had either turn like turntables or what you see Kid Capri and Jazzy Jeff using. Or you had CDJs, which is a, a backup, but it's kind of sort of made to resemble a turntable. But now you got DJs that just have a controller that has a sync button. So if they don't it's know doing how, the mixing for them, it's basically doing it for them. So mm. it, it's, it's kind of like they're making it easy for anybody to become a DJ. Cause all I mean, music is online. Everything is online now. So you can go. So I don't know anything about DJing, but based off of what you're telling me and what I have seen, it seems like the people who have the controllers, it's just a matter of them being able to listen to music right. and, and being able to match or see what's gonna what's gonna sound good mixed together. Right. Versus you all actually like putting Yeah, you have to put together a show. Put together like an entire show instead right. of just like letting the songs merge right. together. Right. Like when I was at ninety five seven jams, when I was at Marianda Lounge doing the live broadcast, like I kid you not, my first night I was nervous as hell. Because I went from DJing in a club, straight cussing music the whole set. Then you had to come over here and actually DJ clean music for three hours live on the air. Mm -hmm. So when I DJed a live set from the club where it was cussing music, I never had a playlist. Like I freestyled the whole thing. So now when I'm on the radio, it's like, okay, well, you got to play it. You got to have a playlist because you got to play the hits. Right. You know, because when you're doing something that's not on the radio, you can just jump around, around, around. Mm -hmm. You know, you have guidelines to follow. So... You know, it, it it made me a better DJ, but now, you know, I've actually bought a controller because, you know, it's easier when you travel with, you know, 
And then, you know, most clubs you go DJ at nine times out of ten, they have a controller now. Those mm-hmm. are those are selling more than turntables, more than CDJs. I still own them, but you know, I know how to use them if they're placed in front of me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's changed a lot. But then again, you know, Serato, I love Serato. Tractor, I love Tractor, but they those have are made, the devices or, yeah, or those softwares, softwares you use. Yeah. Okay. They've made it easy for anybody to be a DJ. So all you really need is a good basically a good PR, a good publicist, somebody that can sell you and hype your Instagram up and you, you gotta, don't even need a publicist to do that. You can do that on your own. That's true. And you know, sometimes it, it depends on it depends on your market. You know, it depends on the market you live in. If you live in uh Texas, if you live in a New York or LA or Atlanta, man. It's easy for it's you. It's easy. To, it's easy because mm-hmm. that's that's a music scene. Mm-hmm. But if you come somewhere like Alabama, which is really not big on music, it's kind of like, damn. Okay, what's your next move? Right. You have to go migrate with people over in Atlanta to actually build your brand up, and that's what I did. I migrated with a lot of big name DJs over in that market to help me expand. And I'm a part of the uh, the commission, which is uh, DJ Holidays, who used to be DJ, who, who used to be Gucci Man's DJ. Okay. I used to market myself down there at P Brown's Atlanta Record Pool, and I ran into the president, and he was like, "You by yourself?" I said, "Yeah, I'm by my, I got mixtapes." He said, "Man, I follow you on IG." I said, I ain't, "I ain't even know." He said, "Dog, you need to come get with us." And I was like, "What you mean? You know, come come get down with the commission?" And I was like, "Man, okay, you know, okay." So a couple of a couple of years went by. They reached back out and said, "Bro, come to Atlanta." Want to make you officially part of the team. And I've been a part of that team for about, say, about three and a half years now, man. Dope. And it's really helped me out as far as putting me in the spotlight to be, to separate myself from other DJs. Mm -hmm. Because when they had, like, we had commission week in Atlanta about, I want to say about five or six months ago. I'm down there at the, uh, I I forgot the name of that car dealership. It was one of them fancy car dealerships. But they had red carpet laid out for us. They had, like, Pictures flashing. They had uh, Lucci there. They had uh, Young Dolph there. They had uh, Young Dro there. And these are people that were just walking around that you right. see on, you know, on BET. You see, you hear on the radio. Yeah. And Holiday made it. He made it accessible for us to just go up and just, hey, I'm such and such. Okay. Blah blah blah. And it was easy to get contacts. Okay. And once you take that picture and put it on the gram, if somebody want to see what you're doing, it's like, damn. Okay. It's all about perception. That's exactly. what social media is. Yeah, he might actually be somebody because he, he with this cat right here. You right, know? and that's how, to, and that's really how you separate yourself from other DJs because you have DJs that are just comfortable being in their in their city hot. Like I tell a nigga all the time, doing routine stops yeah. between the clubs and events and yeah. like you know maybe fundraising and yeah. stuff like that they already have like a set schedule but not necessarily branching out yeah it's cool to, now it's great to do that stuff it's great to do it if you're passionate about it but it's always good to to branch out because that's really the that's where the growth comes in and when people see you moving that's when they want to deal with you right they're like okay well you know new area only in alabama man you know oh shit okay well he 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 in texas here Okay, well, he'll be in New York. Okay, well, shit, what he got going on in New York? They look at me and see you doing something big. That's when people want to start dealing with you because they, they see that you're a risk taker. Right. And that's what Which can you. be annoying, right? Because yeah. there are those people who maybe didn't want to fuck with you when oh, you were man. just trying to stay local man. or just trying to make it at the local level. And then they see you doing things in other places. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. You got to cut them off, man. Yeah. You got to cut them people off, man. There's a lot of people that sleep on me in my city. But at the I end think of the that day, that's what Birmingham. I mean, 
I don't not to shit on Birmingham because that's my city, but it seems that there are a large number of people in Birmingham who like to one they want to do something within entertainment or or they want to be like you know everybody says uh Birmingham famous like nah, that's a, that's like a thing there so much more. and then there's a lot of people there who want to keep up with the Joneses it's all about like mm. you know there are people there there are people who I thought were like my friends in Birmingham who weren't even out of school and then got a job only making like $30,000 a year still living with their parents but buying like Louis Vuitton <laughs> And driving to Atlanta to buy Christian. I'm like, why? Where? where you? I, I stayed with my mom and dad. I stayed at my parents' house for about four and a half years in a basement. And Randall, to tell you, <laughs> I used to argue my dad down every week about what I wanted to do with my life. And he was like, you can't make no money off DJ. It ain't no career, blah, blah, blah. Go to the military, and I'm like, Dad, it's not what the I want to do. The military, damn. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I tell any kid, man, if you if you don't have to go to college to be successful, all you really need is a plan, and you got to have some type of execution behind it. So what I did was, I started working at Club Flight. That was my first gig ever in Birmingham. I went. I was making like, y'all probably laugh. I was making like forty five dollars a night, literally, and I was doing like seven hour gigs, slave, and I did that for about. I say about a year and I was getting other little stuff like weddings and stuff like that. That was just me building my name up. Then I went to the vault and I was in there for about three years. And you know, the one, vault is one of the places that like Birmingham people like to stunt. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the like prime locations. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't been back. <laughs> Shout there. out to Mimi. <laughs> yeah, Mimi cool people. I haven't been back there in a minute since I, since I left the vault. That's still family though. And then I started at the, I was, I was at the platinum for two years and, I actually had a I had a bougie crowd Wait, and a hood crowd. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Cause like the plat, I know who owns the platinum. Yeah. I know the family that owns the platinum because the 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 man who owns the platinum it used to be called something else back in the T-spot, day. T T spot. And my singing, my like grandmother's that. a singer, so she used to sing there all the time back mm-hmm. in the day. So anyway, the man who owns it or whatever his his daughter and I grew up together. Oh, and Brady? No, Bianca. I don't know Bianca. I know Brittany. Bianca's like a year older than me. Okay. So um, we used to have a lot of like our social events there because we were able to get it for free or heavily discounted. Mm -hmm. But then I remember like as I got older and I went to the Platinum like as an adult, I was like, this bitch is ratchet as fuck. Yeah, it's ratchet. It's ratchet. Nah, it's ratchet. But one thing I I can say about the, the owner of the Platinum, like once you're in there, as a DJ, you're in there. Like he was loyal to you because you mm. had many people who just, oh, okay, this is our house DJ. Oh, you want to bring your own DJ? Okay, well, we're gonna need you tonight, house DJ. Somebody gonna bring somebody to book the club and brought their own DJ. He so he never was like that. Let's let's backtrack a little bit. So, um, you got on at ninety five seven jams mm-hmm. in Birmingham. When yeah. that was what? What that year was, was that? Uh, that was my first year in the Platinum. I say two thousand and fourteen. 2015, 2014, I was I got on over there through. Uh, I think I remember series. that because 2014 was when I was interning at the station, and yep. I think that was when I realized, like, I was like, oh, DJ New Era's over here now, y'all. He's he's mixing on on air and stuff now. Like yeah, I was I was, was kind of saying, so. How did you get in the door there, and and man, who did you have like a close like relationship it or not, with? I got in the door through DJ Serious. I had reached out to him, and um, he had never heard me DJ. Wait, is DJ the DJ Serious because. Honestly, I don't think I've I may have met him once. Is he dark skinned and used to do the, the Sunday night show with Kat? 
Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've just met him in passing a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. That's who gave me my first shot. He heard me DJ on the backside of the platinum one day. He was like, damn, you got to be a rocking. And I remember it was Christmas. It was the week of Christmas. He was like, all right, I'm going to give you a shot. We're going to do, we're going to do mixes for the holidays. Send me six mixes. And I'm like, bro, I'm ready. I already had them made. All I had to do was go back and add the 95, seven jams tag. Send him the tags. He liked me out. He was like, you're an official jams mixer. So I was like, hell yeah, I took that and ran with it. You know, it was cool. You know, you know, I started learning the business and I was like, man, I wanted to be more than just a mixer. Like, because at the end of the day, the people that are actually successful with 95 or the personalities. Of course. And those are my opinion. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with being a mixer on 95. But none, there's not any DJs who have officially had a, a, a personality or a, a time slot exactly. show on the station, exactly. right? Okay. None, none that I know of. And, you know, like I said, from the My Dog Stickman series are great DJs. They've got, you know, they got a long track record, you know, and I, I look up to those guys because as far as just being a mixer. Now, as far as being a, a personality, I, I would say the personality I look up to was uh, Funk Flex, Funk, DJ Funk Master Flex, because uh -huh. he started off as a as a mixer at Hot 97. Mm -hmm. Then he actually went to a personality, so he does mixing and personality on his own damn show. Right. Mm -hmm. so, He's been there since day one. Exactly. So, you know, I, once you learn the ropes to the radio and stuff, it's kind of like... It's a grimy business, though, it's, right? It's grimy as hell. So... <laughs> Really grimy, man. And somebody asked me one day if I want to be famous or successful. And I never understood the meaning between both of them because I always thought famous people had money. Not necessarily. That's not necessarily true. You can be famous and be broke. Absolutely. So I was like, damn. So after about doing jams for about about two and a half, about two, two years and a half, you know, I got asked to do a couple of pop-up gigs and they bringing these big ass artists down. And like I tell you, they brought uh they brought what's his name to uh Day Day to Shades, uh Shades Valley. Oh, that wasn't that was like last summer? Yeah, no, that, yeah, right by the time. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah I remember and, seeing that. And they asked me to DJ it. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. So I went up in there, you know, it's cool to, to it's cool to be around these cats, but you know, once you get a certain age, if you're not getting paid for it, it doesn't make sense. So you weren't getting paid for these these last minute calls. I wasn't getting paid for shit at jams. Nothing. All I was doing was just, you know, being a jams mixer. And only things that only thing that was beneficial being at jams was actually being around like promoting your 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 brand. Promoting my brand and also being around I I, I was mixing on nine eight seven too. Mm -hmm. Uh shout out to my frat brother Daryl DJ uh who put me on over there. And I was already cool with ISIS. So uh, they taught me how to upload my mixes in the system and stuff. So I go up there every Thursday and sit down with Isis and watch her put their show together. And something happened to where they was like, "All right, Nuri, you know the mix is not running right." Blah blah blah. You got to do it live. Nah, they didn't want me to do it live. They told me to just send my shit to Stick Man and they'll upload it. And I'm like, "Dude, why y'all trying to spoon feed me the game?" It's like nobody wanted to see me get ahead. It's like, oh, he's learning too much. Let's let's push him back. You know, because people look at you as a threat when you up and coming. And see, one thing I never understood about people who have a higher position, you put somebody in the position to win, and when they get where they got to be, the credit going to go to you if they're humble. Don't worry about, okay, well, he ain't going to mention me in an interview or nothing. Damn that. You are already where you want to be. And Isis Jones was really the only person at, in Summit Media, period, teaching me 
how to work boards and stuff before they told me to stop coming up there. Yeah, yeah. No, ISIS is, is is known for kind of being like the person to train anybody who comes through Summit mm-hmm. to run the boards. Because before I even thought about interning with the station, I think I was still in high school, and I told her that I knew I wanted to do broadcasting mm-hmm. and I wanted to possibly do something in radio. She was like, oh, well, I can come teach you how to run the board. And I was like, you know, that was eight years ago at yeah. least. So yeah, no, Ice yeah. is dope. Yeah, that, she is dope, and they were, and they were, She was teaching me how to do everything. I had applied for a position of doing promotions because I was just with trying those, to kiss with, or with, with kiss. And uh, DJ, the, the PD was like, you know, that might not fit air position because you know he a DJ, and I kind of understood that. And uh, DJ was like, why don't you come up here and do some air checks, and you know we'll teach you how to run the Tom John the Morning Show. And I was, I was hyped. And make a long story short, you had to be up at like four o'clock in the yeah. morning. Then I'm up, I'm up at three thirty every morning, gym. Then I go do my radio show. But that that was just all talk. I never saw any action. So so you went up there and nothing happened, or well, I, I would text and see what's what, what's going on. When can I, you know, get the training? And nobody ever he never replied. Hmm. So I took it as if okay. Boom. And that was from Daryl. Yeah, that's my homie Daryl, man. So you know, no, no hard feelings. You know, it's just a learning experience. People talk, but I go by action. Right. So I end up getting a call from uh, ninety nine point nine, which is a digital radio station here in Birmingham, and um, they told me to come up and talk, and I was like, dude, the only way I come talk to y'all is it has if to be, there's that check. It's the you check exactly. The check it's got to be something. I don't want to dollar just be, signs looking like exactly. So I went up there, man. They told me, look, this is what we'll do for you. I said, bro. Where do I sign? He was like, boom. So I told, I told, uh, who did I tell? I told Sirius that was going to be my last week mixing on jams. And when the word got back that I was at 99.9. So wait, let's, 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 let's pause right here for uh-huh. a second. So when did this happen? When you told Sirius that you were not coming back to I jams? told Sirius this around November, the beginning of November. Of this past November? Yeah. Oh, so New York is PD. Yeah, New York is PD then. And at that time, I had already told New York my vision of actually trying to do stuff more with jams. I told New York, I don't want to just be doing pop-up gigs. I need a, I need, I need to get paid. Like, And, and what was her reply? Her reply was, oh, we just don't have it in our budget. And I'm like, okay. I'm you like, didn't oh. believe her? No, nah, I didn't Why believe Why not? Her. Well, at the end of the day, I feel like half of the people... The she's on salary, for one. Uh, I, don't, I don't like counting anybody's pockets, but anybody that's a personality is on a salary up there. Mm-hmm. Anybody that handles uh, the the marketing part, I'm not gonna call no names, but she's on salary. And Ashley I'm, Renee. Yeah, Ashley's on salary, and I know uh, my homie uh, Marie Maria. Maria. I don't think I don't think she's on salary, but. She's getting paid to do her job. And, you know, I feel like, you know, come on, man. Y'all just want to use me to just to be a pop-up DJ just because I'm free, you know, to go, go to these schools and. Can not to, you know, I'm not trying to be biased here because uh, I do have a personal relationship with New York. Mm-hmm. And she tells me about some of the behind the scenes stuff. And, and, and also, you know, she's trying to teach me game as to how the business works. Their budget doesn't, she can't necessarily be like, okay, well, all these other people are getting salary and I could potentially, you know, maybe take a few dollars from them to give you something or, or 
basically what I'm trying to say is like that's over her head. Yeah, she I mean, don't get me wrong, you have to go through corporate for that, but in a sense you And then know, there's a lot of people who I'm sure like I mean, I don't want to speak for anybody, but I believe that there are a lot of people who do work for the station at a part-time level and don't get compensated either. Yeah, but So you weren't the only one. Yeah, but I'm just too talented. I get what you're saying. To not though. really be getting paid for what I do, and when you know your worth, and a better opportunity come, and when you take the other opportunity, everybody at 95 mad at you. People want to. You really think they were mad? Let me tell you how I know they were mad. I remember when I told Siri I had I was just leaving work, just leaving that job, my first day at the job. You told Sirius. Sirius was like, "Brother, do what you got to do, man. I ain't mad at you." Cool. See, cool. I get to the gym. Me and my wife get to the gym. How much longer is it? Like how man, how much time has passed? Man, probably no more than thirty minutes. I get to the gym. You are lying. I promise you. I get to the gym. <laughs> Stick man called me. Bro, what the fuck did you do? I said, Let me call you back, dog. I'll tell you I'm finna work out. He's like, Bro, call me back. Then New York calls. I'm in there doing chess. It's, ch- it's chess day. Here's my question. Why is Sirius opening up his mouth and and how how did it well, get spread Sirius, so quick? Like, well, if it, you it spread him, it spread quick because ninety nine point nine the plug they put my my pictures up on their website and they say that we're not competition. They say that Jam says that we're not competition. But if we're not competition, why are y'all steady checking our website? <laughs> like, I don't understand that. So. They was like, mm. so I get to the gym. I mm. ignore, I, I ignored New York's call twice because I was trying to work out, clear my head, talk to my wife, and then Ashley Renee calls. Ashley's good people. I have no issues with Ashley, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Man, Eric, you whack. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't believe you did this." She did not. I promise you. And I'm like, Ashley, I've been with y'all for two years. You getting paid? Like, I'm 30 years old. I got a family. I got a mortgage. I'm like, these people are willing to pay me to do what I wanted to do here. I said, Ashley, are you going to pay me? She just hung up the phone in my face. And then, to make it make it so worse, I called Stickman back. I was like, man, I ain't sweating jams, man. I ain't sweating that. He was like, what happened? I said, dog, I left to go over here and do this, blah, blah, blah. I'm getting paid. Stickman was like, bro, I don't blame you. Okay, I was like, but I still be able to do mixes for ninety eight, and he was like, that ain't gonna fly. That ain't gonna fly over here either, bro. Blah blah blah, this and that, bro. I'm like, who made this call? Ah, such and such. I'm like, she's not the she's not the head over the DJs, you know. So how you know? I just left it alone. I thought that was whack. I called New York, told New York what I had done. I kept asking New York, if they're not a threat, if we're not a threat to y'all, why do you keep? Why do you? Why are you so mad? Why are you so, you know, like, why, didn't, why don't you understand what I did, what I did? And then when a situation happened with, you know, with me and with me in uh, Vegas, you know, they set us down in the room to talk to us together. And I felt like at the end of the day, I'm like. Wait, so what happened between you and Vegas? Uh, you know, I don't want to talk about that. No, no, you said, no, no. What you told me before we recorded was you were going to talk about the incident, but you weren't going to bring up names. But now you brought up names. So. You know, we just had a little altercation, man. I mean. You know, we had a little altercation uh, with a night. People are gonna want to know what that altercation uh, was. We just had a little altercation, and you know, he was doing some 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 shady, slick, some shady stuff, some bitchy stuff, some whole stuff. You know, but then again, I'm blessed. 
I'm over that. I'm I'm way past. So y'all never that. got cool or I mean, like they, y'all they, are amicable. Ninety five. They. I'm talking up. about you in Vegas. Are right, like y'all cool? When I see him, I dab him up. I give him a pound. I pound Man, niggas him. so fake with each other. That's not being fake. I don't speak to nobody. I don't like. No, this this is how you can tell if I don't really rock with somebody. If you ever see me pound somebody, that's not being fake. It's just I see you, dog. You see me shake somebody's hand, I can grip them hard. That's respect. But if you ever see me, if you ever see a man pound somebody, huh? this is what my dad told me. They mean they either don't respect you or they don't care about you in a certain sense, or they don't like your attitude. Mm. So if you ever see a man, I'm putting you on game now. You like, are, because I was dapped up this past weekend. <laughs> 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 so now I'm thinking. <laughs> man, I ain't got no problems with nobody, man. I'm 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 I love what I do. No, no, no hard feelings toward Vegas. Salute. Keep doing your thing, brother. No hard feelings. About anybody at 95, I'm doing what I love to do with the new station. You know, they, 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 I've, I've been there for almost four months, four months now, and I've learned how to work an entire show literally in four months. And literally, I feel like the way that my show was ran and is running, I feel like it's a great show. Mm-hmm. And I have more, I feel like I have more clout I have a, I feel like I have more potential than what Jan really tried to use me for. They didn't okay. want to use me to their full advantage, and that's what kind of I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. You know, for two years you're knocking on people's door like, hey, you know, put me on. And deal and deal was really like, hey, come up to my show, man. You can mix live on Thursdays. I'm like, I'm there. Deal was schooling me a little deal bit. Deal was so cool. Yeah, deal cool as I shit. I love man. him. He was like the most fun person to work with when I was inter- uh, interning at Jams. Yeah, Dia was putting me on game, but anybody else was just like, ugh, like, okay, uh, we may need you for this. Jams was good for giving out free tickets to events, though. I, I, <laughs> I ain't lie about that. I missed that. But other than that, I'm happy when I'm at, I'm at the plug. I, I, think, I think it's interesting that you brought up that people at Jams said that 99.9 the plug is not your competition y'all are not Man, competition dude. but they sweating you and that's something that i learned in in i think in radio in general if there is another potential i don't know how to describe it but i guess somebody else who is knocking into your same market mm-hmm. whether or not you guys are on the same level in terms of number of listeners or um number of advertisers or however the however the business is to grow Mm -hmm. that's still potential competition regardless of whether or not like if you're tapping on somebody's market that's a little bit of a threat so they're gonna watch regardless yeah and and that's what kind of got me shook i'm like come on dog but it's fun it's it's so again like radio is so funny to me because for instance, after I was, I mean, I was still affiliated with Jams, I think a little bit, because mm-hmm. whenever, after I did my internship, and I mean, even to this day, when I go home, I go to the station, I kick it with New York, because she is like, become my big sister. Mm-hmm. Um, but before she was PD, somebody else was the PD, 
And I was still in undergrad. Mm -hmm. And the Breakfast Club was going to be in Montgomery. So, you know, Tuskegee is about 45 minutes from Montgomery. So I was like, oh, shit, I'm about to go see the Breakfast Club. Do you know that people at Jams felt away about me taking pictures with the Breakfast Club? They petty. And I I was like, it's not petty. I mean, I get the the mindset, but I was just really confused because I was like. But do they pay you? Are they paying you? I wasn't even an intern. That was what was confusing me because I was like, wait a minute. I, I'm not even officially an intern anymore. Mm-hmm. I was an intern three months ago, not now. And on top of that, how is Jams a competitor of the Breakfast Club? Because it's at that time, I, I don't think the station, there was, there's another station that's in Birmingham. You know the name of 1041 it? 104 Beat. Right. I, don't, I think they maybe were just about to get the Breakfast Club picked up, but they hadn't done it yet. So, I don't know. And then, I also, my dad is like really good friends with Ricky Smiley, and, and I go hang out with him in his studio in Atlanta sometimes. And when Claudia Jordan was on his show. Mm-hmm. You know, Claudia Jordan is good friends with Charlemagne the God. And Ricky would tell her not to talk to Charlemagne or you can't go on the Breakfast Club to promote Real Housewives of Atlanta. Damn. Like it's just so funny to me to see. I mean, I get it, but it's also, I guess because I'm not completely in the business, it's also a little comical. It's true though, because I remember when I, I actually DJ for the Breakfast Club before I started at Jams, they came down here and um, I got, I had, I still got close ties with a lot of people over at, uh, well, I don't think he worked at the beat anymore, but when I was trying to get hired over there first before Jams brought me um, and they was like, bro, we need you out here to do this. And I, you know, me and Angela, me and Angela Lee are like this, we tight. Like anytime she come to Birmingham, she hit me up, mm-hmm. literally. And when she put me on her IG uh, the first time, 95, I was like, man, you gotta take that down, bro. I'm like, nigga, are you crazy? <laughs> no, I just got up to about 600 followers. <laughs> six like, you crazy, dude. I'm not finna take down shit. That is funny. And then funny. when she came down here again, our last class, like, I went up and met up with our Envy and, uh, and her, and we just chopped it up. And that was before, at, at that time, I wasn't working with that. I was, I'm, I'm, at, I'm at the plug now. But I do yeah. remember when I used, they made me some drops. All of them were saying stuff on my drops. And I messed around and used a check-in doing one of my mixes at Jams. And they said the Breakfast Club, man. Sears was like, no, don't do that. Did Cor- it get played on air? Yeah. Did anybody else catch it besides Sirius? Nah, nobody caught it, man. Okay. You know, but they take that stuff serious. But in 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 a, in a sense, you know, Ricky Smiley is Ricky Smiley. Breakfast Club is Breakfast Club. Like they got their different fan bases. Like I listen to Breakfast Club before I listen to Ricky Smiley, because the Breakfast Club you got a you got a DJ, you got a female, and then you got a shit talker. It's like the perfect combination. And then with the Ricky Smiley show, you got you got comedian, 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 comedian. He has a lot of comedians. Exactly. And then you have He has a lot going on. Exactly. So it's kind of like you really not getting a a bit a bit of different stuff from air. You're getting the same stuff. Not to play my play play my frat brother, but it's like you're getting the same stuff. And when you tune in to the Breath Club, you're getting a DJ's point of view. You're definitely getting the females, and then you're getting somebody who don't give a damn, Charlemagne point of view, mm-hmm. which makes it be like, all right, okay, cool. You kind of want to tune in to hear the donkey today. You yeah. want to you want to tune in to hear Axe. You want to tune in to hear what Envy's gonna play on his eight o'clock mix, the, right. the new music. It's like you you want to tune in to this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, in a sense, Ricky Smiley's show is big, but the Breakfast Club is, in my opinion, bigger. 
It is, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I really don't want to get caught up in, into talking about the differences between, like, radio shows and, and morning shows. But, I mean, numbers don't lie. Exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. So, if I had to make a choice, if somebody wanted me on their show, I would go to the Breakfast Club all day. Literally. And hopefully when I go to New York, I might have a chance to actually meet up with him, man, and go on the show. Yeah. Push come to shove, man, because uh, Sway, I'll be on Sway's show in uh, um, April, April. Sway 9th. was here last night for South by. I didn't even know that. Really? He was here last night. Did he do a show? Um, I think he, he did something. I don't know exactly what it was. I saw it on some friend's Snapchat. Um, okay, so last couple of questions. So what exactly um, – are what event are you hosting tonight? Uh, tonight we got an event with Swine Beck. She's a Sci Kid manager, so she puts together her events in Atlanta, and they always popping. So she put together her little industry. And um, that's somebody you said you know, right? Yeah, I know her personally. So she put together her industry to the streets uh, event, and it got uh, TJ making moves on it and uh, TV Sosa on it, uh, who are two big promoters and hosts out of Atlanta, man. So. She got a whole list of artists on here, man. I probably yeah, know I like probably know like five of them. So I'm I'm anxious to see what the crowd gonna look like. This is my first time actually here, actually DJing at a South by Southwest event. I was in Dallas two summers ago doing a dub car show, and it was stupid. Yeah, stupid. I bet. Like literally, especially in Dallas, man. It, it, I I fell in love. I was like, hey, if I live, dubs are huge here in Texas. Exactly. Man. And we went to the after party. Oh my god, the after party, and uh, Kevin Gates came through the club, man. And we had VIP sections, man. And people were treating us like celebrities. Cause when he came over there and sat with us, it was like the attention just shifted. People was like, hey, can I come up there by you? I'm like, nigga, I don't know you. I'm like, I'm going <laughs> to work by myself. Is. That's usually how it goes. So last question. Name your top five DJs. Top five DJs. Okay, this that's a good question. I'm more of a the art of DJing. You know, okay. the art. So I would have to say, ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> you don't necessarily have to Okay, let's start them. with Let's start with my top five DJs from now. DJ Drama at number five. Number four, I would have to say, would be uh, number four, DJ Love the Narrow, great DJ, great mixtape DJ too as well, and then number uh, number three would have to be Kid Capri, number two would have okay. to be uh, Funk Flex, and then number one would be Jazzy Jeff, hands down. Yeah, the best DJ. He like, was here for South by too. Ah, uh, uh, when? I think he was here Monday. Damn. Everybody be coming through for South by. Everybody. They come early though, man. Like he he does most of his tours. He does most of his shows overseas. Okay. And like when when I go to check him out, he's always doing these vinyl destination tours, and it's nowhere near Birmingham. Mm. Like the closest he ever came was Atlanta, and that was like about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. So if he ever come close, I gotta go see him, man. Yeah. Okay, well, this was good. Yeah, good. So I we're like going to turn this. up tonight, though. Yeah, I'm excited to see you in action and to check out all the other artists at South by Southwest. Thank you for coming on. And you guys, make sure that you share this episode with your family, friends. Subscribe, follow on iTunes and or SoundCloud. And make sure you send in your listener mail to CocosTea.com at gmail.com. Check me out on all my social media at CocosTea. C-O-C-O-S underscore T-E-A. Do you have some social media you want to plug? Yeah, follow me on the IG at DJ underscore new underscore era and on the Twitter at V-T-H-E real DJ new era. On the Facebook, I'm verified. I got my blue check. Facebook, V-T-H-E DJ new era and 
Give out that business number, 786-529-6399. Hit me up, man. All right, good. Thank you guys for listening.